Hi, I'm Raylene Taskowski, and I've talked to over 10,000 women about sex over the past decade. Welcome to Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed. It's where you can get questions answered like... How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And... How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also... Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree. It's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. <laughs> You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. <laughs> Welcome to the stand-up comedy sex ed podcast hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guy, girl, guest, or guru. Today's some other guy is Jason Blanchard. He has been heard on XM Satellite Radio and is the host, producer, and creator of Jason Blanchard Presents Next to the Mic and the Canadian Comedy Award nominated, Canadian Comedy Award nominated stand-up comedy contest, Stand Up and Bite Me on Bite TV. Welcome, Jason. I really shouldn't have given you that bio. That is way too long. It's also got a lot of alliteration, which tripped me up a little bit. Yeah, it's a it's a one of those things you, you get in your head. I, with all this time at home, I think I need to work on a new bio. I really liked it though. It's just I probably should have said it out loud a few times so that I could have figured out where I was supposed to breathe. That's always a good. That's it's it's <laughs> actually back when I was doing those shows, we had uh, teleprompter stuff, uh, but the the specialty channel that no longer doesn't exist, they didn't have proper teleprompters. So it was basically a laptop with some dude scrolling down. I'm like, oh, that's too fast. Oh, that's too slow. It was just, yeah, memorize it and go. That's one of the worries that I have when people want me to uh, host a comedy show. Uh, the hosts actually have the hardest job of all, in my opinion, because not only do they have to remember all of their jokes, but they also have to remember all of the uh, bios for the comedians coming on stage. And some of them refuse to use notes and or they don't want to use notes because they think it looks less professional. But there's zero chance I would have been able to say that. Well, I would never ask you to do that before a show. We have a, a, an ongoing joke, especially on the cruise ships, that the longer the intro, the crappier the comic. <laughs> so <bet> that's true. <laughs> oh yeah, guys, and and you'll you'll talk to hosts, uh, and uh, you've been on many cruises, so you know on a seven day cruise, you have two comics at the beginning, two at the end, and I've been coming on at the end, and they're like, "What's your bio?" And I'm like, uh, "Just from Canada." <laughs> And they're like, oh, thank God. The last two guys had a page each and they wanted me to say all of it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. People are already listening. People are already at a comedy show. Yeah. And I've seen a, a variety of talent on cruise ships. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Really, Great way to put it. <laughs> some are really, really, really good. And some have a long bio. <laughs> Some of a novel. <laughs> I did a, a Thanksgiving cruise once upon a time, and there were two comedians, and, and one of them, I, I just remember thinking to myself, it must just be because it's Thanksgiving, and they had to really, really look for somebody. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? It's funny. It's funny that you say that. There's certain times of the year, Christmas, Thanksgiving, um, and New Year's, where that's where the new comics get their chance. 
Well, I'm going to have to put my name up for next year then. <laughs> there's nothing else. Yeah. It's, it's all about the time, though. We talked about this. It's all about the time. It's a lot of time to perform. Yeah. I've heard that. Uh, and there's people who have said, oh, how come you're not on cruise ships yet? And I'm because like, I don't have enough time and I don't have anything clean. Like yeah. I talk about sex. That's what I talk about. It's what I'm good at. And so I know um, I've seen the videos. <laughs> have you? <laughs> They're all over YouTube. Um, so that's actually I wanted to take a minute to explain to everybody how I got to where I am. So I've been in direct sales now for 13 years um, doing adult novelty products. And for the first nine years, people would say to me all the time, you should do stand-up comedy. You're so funny. You should do stand-up comedy. And I would say, I'm not a stand-up comic. I'm a sit-down comic. Like, I can sit around a table, have a cocktail with you, and have you crying. But as soon as you put a microphone in my hand, I'm going to freeze. And I had tried comedy when I was 27. And that's pretty much what happened. I was okay for three weeks. And the first time I bombed, I was like, nope, not ever going to do this again. This is super uncomfortable. Oh, it took three weeks. It was two weeks my first time I bombed. Yeah. Bomb, well, bad, bad. Like it was twice bad. in one night. Well, two this, shows. This one was only one, thank God. And it was, I had been doing this little club that was, they would turn a, you know, a hotel room into a comedy club. A club at. A club at. And I did fine on that stage. I wasn't great, but I was, I was okay. And then the booker was at one of the nights and he said, oh, hey, come do this other show. You've got five minutes. And it was a, um, I'm trying to think of what, it was a dinner club where people were actually eating dinner. Oh, and during the show? During the show. Yeah. And I wasn't prepared for that. And I heard nothing but chewing for five minutes there was not a, it was like people looking at me going why is this person talking on the stage it was awful it, it's it's amazing the uh, the 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 certain level of science um behind stand-up comedy and when you've been doing it long enough those are the gigs you literally say no to yeah oh we want you to perform no no but no no it was it wasn't good and it literally scared me off stage for uh 20 years and so I had a business coach that I was working on to build my direct sales business. And she said, what's your favorite part of the party? And I said, my favorite part of the party is when they are laughing so hard, they can't breathe, they're peeing themselves, they're crying, they're getting migraines. And I just feel so awesome when this is happening. And she You're said- You're kind of a misogynist. Do you realize that? <laughs> yeah. The fact I that like you it. threw in migraine headaches. I yes. want people in pain during I my I want show. them to leave and be like, oh my God, she was so funny. She broke my brain. Uh, and so she said, but what about the shopping room where, you know, you talk to the people and you get them the right projects for each other and your, or, uh, the right products to make their lives better? And I was like, no, that's how I make money. So if I could literally just do the party, drop the mic and walk the fuck out the door, I would be super happy. And she mm -hmm. said, you need to go do stand-up comedy. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And she goes, Raylene, you paid me so much money to give you advice. Why would you not listen to me? And I said, fine, I'm going to do an open mic and I'm going to do a Facebook Live so everybody can see that I cannot do this with a microphone in my hand. <laughs> and I did Facebook Live. I had 1,200 views before I even got home from the club because it had been shared so many times, and I booked two gigs. Nice. And I thought, oh, maybe there is something here. But as you know, well, you're better now, but uh, in the beginning, comedy does not pay. You mm. know, 
mm. 50 bucks, 100 bucks, um, and selling sex toys pays really, really well. And so anytime I would pick up a Friday night gig and make 50 bucks, I would be giving up $300 that I would be making in sales. So I finally just dropped it. And I said, well, I'm only, I'm not going to do open mics because they're not valuable to me because I do the parties. So I have my built-in audience all the time. And um, I just kind of stopped unless somebody said, hey, do you want to be on my show? I would do the show and then just pits her away. Well, one night I did a show and it was okay. People laughed and I enjoyed it. And then the next day I did a party and the people were crying and laughing and getting headaches. And I felt really comfortable with them. And I thought to myself, why the hell do I not feel as good on stage as I do when I do a party? And then um, a couple of weeks later, I was having trouble sleeping and I woke up in the middle of the night and I have a rule. If I'm going to be up for more than, if I'm tossing and turning for more than a half an hour, I just get out of bed. There's no point. So I get up and I go grab this book and it's called You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. And I open it up and before I even got to the first page, the entire universe just dropped on my head and said, why the hell don't you just combine your stand-up comedy with your sex ed parties and make stand-up comedy sex ed? And I already purchased the domain like four years earlier and it was just parked there. <laughs> yeah, I, said, I, have a, I have a number of domains parked. Yeah, until, until the universe just tells you what to do with them. And so there, and so I did, I started it. And I think my very first show was right after I met you. Cause I remember I went on that cruise and the show was booked for like the next week. Was that like the, was that the Vista? I think it was the Vista. Yeah. I love, I, I, I do like that stage if it wasn't for the posts. Yeah, the posts are. Yep. Because it's the same way in the horizon, too. The posts. Oh, there. yes. And the panorama. The exact same. Yeah. They, they didn't change anything that they didn't want to have to change. But, I mean, that's the, the, the why it's good to always do uh, open mics to a certain point is that, I mean, when you do your sex show, people are there for a specific reason. Right. Right. That's why they're, they're, they're into that. Uh, the nice part is when people aren't into it. That's the tough thing about a cruise ship crowd is uh, a lot of those people just got in line. They didn't even know there was a comedy show. Oh, is there a line? <laughs> Maybe and, there's and, a buffet. <laughs> oh, well, they, they just assume there's food at the end of it. Um, <laughs> people don't seem to get, I mean, you obviously who have cruised, but I, I've talked to comedians and they're like, they're like, oh, they don't understand why it's so difficult. And, and now when I first started ships, the best part was nobody had Wi-Fi. Yeah. Now they've added Wi-Fi to the ships and social programs so people will sit there on their phones. Yep. I bet you don't have a phone issue during the the uh, sex show comedy. Not really. No, because they're all engaged and pass, are they passing around dildos while you're talking? No, no. That's just me up on the stage. At the parties we do. At the parties we pass them around. And I yeah, do have a phone issue at the parties. Um but no, when I do my comedy shows, people are pretty much, they're there to, so far it's been, they're there to see me. Like mm -hmm. they, they have ever been to my parties or actually the last show is probably 50, 50 people I'd never met before. And, um, people, uh, that had just saw it advertised somewhere or they were invited by a friend. When I was a brand new headliner and I had flown out to Western Canada to do shows, um, it was, uh, I had 45 minutes. That's all I had. 
did not understand that I needed more when you did the one-nighters. But the, we had to cancel a gig. The booker still paid me for it, but asked if I would do him a favor and go with him to the Everything to Do with Sex show uh, which is, and do 10 minutes on stage. And it was the biggest mistake. <laughs> because I mean, you think 10 minutes is nothing, but you don't have a, a, a crowd that's there. You have people walking past. Oh. So I had to go up twice and do it. The first time I died horrible just trying to do material. And then the second time I was just talking to people and what was in their bags, uh, which kind of saved it. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a time and a place for comedy. <laughs> it doesn't always fit, but it's nice when you can find it when it does. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed. Now, I wrote, so the reason I want to, you know, basically stalking you on Facebook after your show is because Jason does this really cool thing where he talks about women's sexual health and he gives out good information and he's hilarious at the same time and he makes a towel animal vulva technically that is correct <laughs> that is the funniest thing ever <laughs> well that joke that joke came out of necessity I, I i used to do that bit by turning my head sideways and puckering my lips so obviously on a podcast, this isn't visual, so people can't see it. But if you're, if, you're, if you're a little stunned, go to the mirror, turn your head sideways, pull your bottom lip and stick your tongue through. <laughs> yeah. <that's> right? <laughs> now I'm on, a, I'm on a, a cruise ship when it's really rocky and the cruise director has gone out of his way to get the other comedian drunk. Oh. Well, yes, the, the, the cruise director was hitting on the other comic. I happened to be standing there, so they would buy drinks for everybody. I don't like to perform intoxicated. So I'm up on stage, a little, a little, a little um, tipsy, but the ship is rocking like crazy. And I can't turn my head sideways, but I have a, a, a towel on stage because it's so hot with these lights that I tried to fold the towel out of the vagina, uh, a vagina of the towel, and it's, it worked. And then I fixed it, I figured out a way to do it, and then now I have a huge one that I also make sing. Oh, really? Yeah. I've got to get on another cruise ship so I can come see you. <laughs> yeah, that one's a bath towel and a hand towel and uh, three rubber bands to keep that one together. I know after you left um, that cruise ship, your uh, towel vulva went to, uh, the piano bar. piano bar. It always <laughs> ends up there. It's a weird <laughs> migration that it has. And then people would put the tips in yep. the vulva. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, depending on the uh, piano bar person, if, I, if I'm friends with them, it, it goes there no matter what. Right. So I. So do you find that you wind up with a lot of the same people as you rotate around? No. Um, it, most people are looking at you for the first time. Uh, but I, I do write a lot, so you're always tweaking, adding something new in. Uh, well, I met employees. Oh, yeah. Um, well, we have a lonely existence on a ship, right? If there's two of you on board and you don't like the other comic, which does happen, <laughs> uh, we used to wonder if there was a conspiracy theory to keep, you'd work with a couple people, you'd be really good friends, and then you never work with them. And you're like, is this a, a, a conspiracy? No, it's just the way it works out. So when you get to a ship now, I mean, I've been doing this nine and a half years. 
it's so nice just to see a friendly face, whether it's a, especially because now it's those bar waiters you knew nine years ago are in charge of food and beverage. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause they move up. Yeah, they work their way up. And they, these are the friends that, uh, these are the people you were nice to when you started who are now able to, uh, uh, the, <laughs> Hey, we got some spare guest cabins. Do you want one? Certainly. Yes, <laughs> That's awesome. I know. Uh, I think we're mutual friends with Johnny Millwater. Well, here's, I've never met him. Oh, all right. Johnny and I have never worked together on a ship, but we've talked on Facebook. Uh, he seems like a funny, funny dude. I can't wait to actually work with him. I met him back, oh, let's see, when my daughter, it had to have been 20 years ago, long before I started comedy. Um, we were both in a acting and modeling school in Orlando called oh. Lisa Melee, <laughs> acting and modeling. And we met and I thought I was going to be a model, but you know, look at me now. And uh, he, he was a comedian. And I remember he had, he was working cruise ships even back then. And he had been on a cruise ship back when, um, do you, well, you might not remember cause you're not from the U S but we had a problem with a sniper in Washington, DC. Oh, we get all your news. Okay. So there had been a sniper in DC, but he hadn't heard about it cause he was on a cruise ship. So he got, off and he was doing a show somewhere and and you know we, i was friends with him so i came to his show and he was doing these sniper jokes and they were just bombing <laughs> and afterwards i said so you haven't seen the news lately have you <laughs> like there's a sniper in dc killing people <laughs> so he's like oh crap <laughs> oh man that is crazy yeah you have to be well aware um i i do make a little bit of fun about um americans and their guns uh, and I had done this joke on the breeze when it was out of Texas after they had the three mass shootings within 36 hours, the bigger ones. Yikes. And uh, I, I just started the joke. It was not like I, it was <laughs> in like, spot. Oh, shit. and I, and you realize <laughs> it as a comic, uh, I guess what people don't say you're doing your set. And then in the back of your head is like mission control. <laughs> like, wait, why aren't these working? What am I missing? Look at her face in the front row. <laughs> and so you can either skip out of it. And this time I, I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to take this right through to the end. <laughs> I'm, I, I get that mission control thing because so often I'll be mostly when I'm doing just straight stand-up comedy, not so much when I'm doing my stand-up comedy sex ed, um, but when I'm doing straight stand-up, I'll be doing a joke and I'll be like, shit, you missed that one piece and you need it for the callback uh -huh. or the punchline. Like, where can I stick it back in? And so my mouth is still saying the joke and my back of my brain is rewriting the joke as I'm saying yeah. it to try yeah. and get everything out there. Yeah, it's hard to explain to people who haven't done it. But yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what happens. Uh, I find it's worse when I'm back home doing uh, shows. Because on a ship, I have five different shows. There's, they each are their own show. So when I put them together to have fun back home, I will s be starting into a joke and going, oh, I didn't, I didn't tell the one I need for the yeah. callback. Ah, shoot. So yeah. then you end up rewriting a punchline right on the spot. And you're like, oh, okay, that works. I can save that for later. Yeah, that's happened to me. I'm like, I haven't done it very often. I say, I, I've probably been on stage as a comedian, probably 50 times, you know, so it's not a lot. 
but I headlined a show with my massive 25 minutes. Uh, and it's the same thing. Cause what I do is I pull the jokes out of my sex toy shows. And so when I'm doing the sex toy show, uh, I, or the parties, I literally present an issue and I present it in a way that's funny. And then I present the solution to the issue, the product that I'm trying to sell. I'm going to guess that the solution is usually lube. Yes, it is. Lube for your mouth, lube for your vagina, lube for your back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. mouth lube. <laughs> well, something to uh, keep your mouth watering and uh, help with the gag reflex. Isn't that what, isn't that what spits for? Well, it doesn't work when you're doing an oral favor. Not right. usually. Okay. Uh, right. Especially if you have a- I guess we're working on different things. That's the problem. That's true. That's true. So yeah, the answer is usually lube, but the, the problem is what's the funny part. So that I had to slightly tweak the jokes to do the comedy so that I'm just telling problem, 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 make it funny, but I'm, I have to not set it up as I have the solution to this. Whereas when I'm doing the stand-up comedy sex ed, I can do it the way I've always done it and I don't even have to think about it. I mean, at this point, 13 years in, I could do the whole thing sound asleep, blindfolded, but when I'm on a stage with a microphone, all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, I have to think. <laughs> yeah, you really got a thing with that microphone. I figured it out at my last show um, because I do. It's the microphone and it's being up on a stage. So I don't use a microphone anymore. I use a lapel mic because I can't do a lot of the stuff I need to do if my hands aren't free. Mm -hmm. um, but I figured out part of it is being on a stage and being above people. And so now I, I do have to work on that because the last show I did, it was a black box theater and I was down and everybody was above me and it was the best I ever felt ever. But then the next show I was up on the, and I could, I watched the video back and I can't really tell a difference between the two shows. They were still pretty, they were still really good in my opinion. Uh, but the way I felt in the one on stage didn't feel good to me. When I got mm. off stage, I was like, this sucked. I hated it. <laughs> and then I ran to the front of the room so I could get all my accolades on the way out. Cause that's literally my favorite part. I'm words of affirmation. <laughs> oh, see, I'm the opposite, man. They make us stand outside and shake hands. And I'm like, well, in this new coronavirus world, thank God I don't have to shake hands anymore. Yeah. That's my favorite part though. I literally love to stand and you can tell how you did on a show based on how people respond to you. <laughs> I had one show. I, was the host. It was the first time I'd ever hosted. It was the first time I'd ever done 15 minutes. It was game seven of the World Series when the Cubs won. There was 14 people in the audience in a 300 seat theater. <laughs> and I had a head cold. So I had taken a Benadryl before I left the house, not realizing that that's, Benadryl was a mind eraser. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good, that's not a good choice. It was not. It was the longest 15 minutes of my life. I think it lasted like an hour and a half. It was horrible. I have gone on stage horribly sick with no medication just because I know the adrenaline will get me through. Yeah. Yeah, I learned from that. But that show at the end, I'm outside and, and the two other comedians are there and everybody's like, great show, great show. And they would just walk right by me. Great show, great show. Nice try. <laughs> they would walk right by me and I was just like, uh, yeah, I had uh, 47 people for during Super Bowl one year when I was on the Carnival Valor. And it was one of those, I mean, you've seen these rooms there, they hold 300, 400 people. And they're and scattered so, about. Yeah, so I go up on stage, I'm like, I get it, you guys don't like football, but let's all stand up, 
come close. We'll do the show. And it was a fun show, uh, but we got them closer. Yeah, that's hard. But 14 people in a room of 300. And oh, yeah. You just do it like it's full. That's yeah. But one, you know what I'm proud of is that I bombed, but I got back up on stage afterwards. <laughs> Unlike the first time where I was like, no. Yeah. So if I wait another 20 years, I'll be 71. Nobody wants to see a 71-year-old talking about sex on stage. I Unless disagree. they're Dr. Ruth. <laughs> sex with Sue. We had Sue up here in Canada. We knew who Dr. Ruth was. Um, but uh, I, I think people, it's an interesting subject because, uh, as you said, I didn't mean to write jokes about sex. I didn't mean to educate. Um, but I've had many sex therapists after shows come over and be like, thank you for doing that. Yeah, I loved it. And, and it was relatable. I don't even remember the jokes. All I remember is that they were factual. You used the proper names and you made a towel vulva. Yeah, when you tell a, when you, when you refer to the opening of the vagina as an introitus, it kind of takes you right, right to the textbook. Because <laughs> I've had women call me out on stage oh that's wrong and I'm like and I go through it and they're just they're glazed over and I yeah not everybody but uh, the orgasm jokes actually stemmed from when I was uh, 18 years old working at a bar and I had a 33 year old cougar and she was the one who taught me all that stuff and uh, the orgasm was one of that was one of my first jokes it was a 30 second throwaway and now it's a 12 minute bit. You wanna share part of that joke? I know it's awkward because people do that. Yeah, it never, it never quite <laughs> works. Um, it, it was just, it's like anything else. It's just when, when you figure out the different types of orgasm a woman can have and, uh, and you just run with it from there. Actually, half of it is figuring out what not to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, because I, I hint on anal sex. I don't actually talk about it because 50% of the women in the room think it's disgusting. The other 50% love it, but don't want the other 50% know that they like it. Yeah, it's, so, um, yeah, so, that is a thing. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's funny for me, and, and when you're on stage performing, it's like a poker game. So you can look around and you're seeing the people who are getting the jokes a little bit sooner. So, you know, oh, there's my dirty couple who role play. <laughs> yep. They banged on the balcony. <laughs> I know you had sex on the balcony. I can tell by the look on your face. Yes. I, I yeah. I so we that. can all connect through sex because we're sexual creatures. So I think that's the positive thing. Uh, I have been trying to put all of those jokes together in one set as opposed to spreading out over two. Um, just because uh, there's sometimes it doesn't work. Like I've been on the ship to Alaska and everybody was really, really old. Oh and yeah. Really, really conservative. <laughs> I've been on that cruise. <laughs> and you're, you're, you're staring out at faces. And, and, and this isn't to say that older people don't have sex. They do. They've had it longer, longer and nastier. Than we than, have. <laughs> yes. But depending on, not everybody, right? So right. a conservative group just sits there in shock. Like, what are these things? I always love when people get up and leave during the sex part of a show, but it's near the end. And it's like, what, you've sat through all of this? Yeah, I always feel, ba I always feel bad leaving a show. And I've probably only done it 
once or twice in the 20 years that I've been going on cruises, 23 years I've been going on cruises and seeing pretty much every show every night. Cause I just love comedy. I love live comedy. I love to support comedians. Um, I have a very uh, <clears throat> boisterous laugh that encourages other people to laugh. And so I will share, uh, if you have a joke that's even slightly funny, I will laugh out loud so that you can hear me. And so other people will start laughing. Mm. I feel like it's, it's a gift. I can get other people to laugh. It's but contagious. Some, yeah. And it, some comedians are just that set. I don't want to say the comedian themselves. That set is just going so badly that, I, that it's painful. <laughs> oh, if you remember their names, we'll talk when we're not recording. <laughs> I don't remember names, but I do remember which cruise ship I was on. And that probably is helpful. I don't believe you. You remember names. (laughs) No, I don't. I really, I'm horrible. That's actually one of my big things is I I almost never remember people's names. And it's embarrassing because. I remember my dad going on a cruise and I knew both comics, one of which I'm good friends with, the other of which I do not like. And he was like, oh, I didn't like that person. I was like, what? How was that even possible? Yeah, it's subjective. And I have to remind myself that it's subjective. But on the last cruise that I went on, both comics were so not on their game that other people were talking about them at the pool, about how not great the show was. And see, I'm being very careful to not say that they were bad because they may not be bad. It might've just been a, a, a bad set or a bad crowd. Sometimes I know you, I know people say it can't be the crowd. Sometimes it can damn well be the crowd. Um, and it just wasn't paying off for them. Either well, one of them. It, it's an interesting predicament. Cause when I remember when I started off in comedy, they said, never blame the crowd. And that's a good way to go because it forces you to look in at yourself. But yeah, no, there are times and there are situations that most comics aren't going to do well. And once you've done enough of those, you can figure out ways around it. Um, we have, uh, they, they just brought on like 30 comics on ships who had never done it before. So we went through a rash and a lot, a lot of the new ones haven't had the experience like most comics at 10 years that's when they would bring them on and um yeah when when you when you're the second half of the cruise you hear it all yeah <laughs> yeah this i did a what did i do a five day right uh the first week of january um and it was and it, somebody else had just told me they're like oh they're not gonna like you because i talk about sex and i'm like really because the first comedian on that last cruise talked about sex nonstop the entire time that's all she talked about was sex she took questions from the audience about sex <laughs> sheila k is that is that who it is yep i love she, sheila i i did Redhead. Like, she possibly. does this she flaps her arms possibly she i didn't mind her there was just, there's a thing that I have, because I talk about sex all the time, I'm very, um, I don't know how conscientious. To, I'm conscientious about the way it's being perceived. And so like, even when I do my shows, I don't use slang names for body terms. You know, it's penis and testicles, vagina, vulva, clitoris. Um, I don't, and I'm really careful about using any other terms because I'm aware that I, you can, 
if you're using the proper body terms, you can say things that are uncomfortable and people will be less uncomfortable because you didn't say dick, cock, pussy, or- Words matter. Yep, words no. matter. And that's that was the thing. I'm like, God, these, the, the, the premise is funny. And some of the jokes are similar to stuff that I do. But if you use the other words, then I get uncomfortable. And it might just be that the way I was raised, but I'm very careful about it because I've been doing it in sales for so long. It's very important for me not to make people uncomfortable with those words. But she yeah, was I, funny. I find it's easier to just use slang uh, and, and hit people in the face with it. I think it's more fun to let them figure things out to a point. Um, again, it's just watching people's faces when you're trying to figure stuff out. Well, it takes people a while to figure out what you're talking about when you say oral favor. It shouldn't. <laughs> Right. As soon as Oral's in there, man, I'm thinking of Oral Roberts. Like, like that's what you're talking about, right? Exactly. Until until you gag while giving the oral favor, and then all of a sudden people are like, oh, oh, she's talking about blowjobs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but oral favor could be the other way. A guy oh, it is. going, yeah, it is. And then and, and then if I a guy it. needs his gag reflex, he needs to ask her some questions. Exactly. Yeah. No, I see the other day. It's called an oral favor because it should be returned. Am I right? Absolutely. <laughs> Oral sex is a two-way street that should be traveled on a couple times a week. Sure. I mean, my whole entire five bits, five minutes is how I avoid giving oral favors as often as possible. But <laughs> That is, it is very disappointing to hear. I know. I know. I'm the worst sex toy lady ever. <laughs> I do not practice what I preach. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. There's got to be. I just educate. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, your husband's like, come on, really? You know those, you know those, uh, you know, that those who can't do teach, ta-da. Oh, man. My gag reflex is so bad that I can actually gag just talking about it. It's really quite cumbersome. And I've tried every single way to solve it, but it's a mental issue. <laughs> I teach people how to turn off the gag reflex. <laughs> it doesn't work for me because it's mental. One time yeah. my husband bought me this amazing uh, purse. We were uh, in the Hamptons and I had done a huge party. It was like a $3,000 party and I had made like $1,600 in one night. See, I told you selling sex toys pays really well. And um, I had been fantasizing about this uh, Kate Spade bag. And while I was at the party, he had gone out and bought the Kate Spade bag for me, but he didn't tell me. So on our way, we get out of the car and we're heading to the hotel because it was a party was far away from my house. So we had stayed overnight and I get out of the car and I, you know, go towards the hotel and he's like 15 feet behind me like he always is. And I get in the elevator and I turn around and then he comes around the corner and he's got the Kate Spade shopping bag right in his hand. And I was just like, oh, my God. Best Did he get a blowjob that night? So no, hold on. So so we had regular sex that night. And uh, I, thank you for the purse sex. And the next morning I woke up earlier than him and there he is laying there with the most glorious morning penis ever. And I said, you know, a good wife would suck that dick. <laughs> and then I gagged. <laughs> I said, I'm not that good a wife. <laughs> I mean, I took care of him, but it's just not with my mouth. It's just, no. not, it's just not my thing. He's, he jokes about it. It's just, not my thing. It's just not my thing. When I'm really, 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 really drunk, either 
doing an oral favor makes me throw up or I'm at the point where I'm going to throw up anyway. So I just do it. <laughs> See, one of my wife's friends, she was very anti blowjob. Uh, and so when she was single, we were all sitting around one day and she goes, Jason, do you have any single friends you'd hook me up with? And I was like, no, <laughs> why would I intentionally take a friend somebody dear to my heart and put them in a relationship where they're not getting their pecker polished. This is, makes no sense. <laughs> Ask me if I have an enemy, somebody I dislike that I want to be miserable. I will set them up with you. Polish it. I'm just not going to spit and polish it. <laughs> well, see, I don't have a problem with, because the, the old adage is spit or swallow. Oh, yeah. And, I, I don't and think it even needs to end up in there. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's kind of gross. Yeah, I'm a duck and cover. Nah. <laughs> duck and cover? Yeah, that's, that's the way to go. Uh, there was a joke that was written so long ago. I did not write it, but it absolutely describes me. It's like, uh, I, don't, I don't do um, 69, I do 68. You do me and I'll owe you one. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think sixty nine is a young couples thing. I I personally oh, think sure. that I'd rather focus on one or the other. Right. You want well, me to I mean, go? if I'm I got right. on top, my stomach would suffocate him, and if he got on top, like, his knees would hurt. We were old. <laughs> well, that's where you go side to side. You can go sideways. Right. You know, and if yeah, there's 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 so many options. I wanted to uh, write a book for the ships called the cabin sutra and all the conditions you could do yeah you know what one time uh, i love a nice balcony cabin we love our balcony uh but one time we had a free cruise and so we got like a second second deck uh porthole and i was just looking at that porthole i'm like i am gonna have sex in that porthole i was really looking forward to it but the cruise was too short so (laughs) why was the cruise? oh you were it was only like a it was, it was only like a three-day cruise, so there wasn't enough time to, you know, get flexible. <laughs> I, I have, you've totally lost me on how it takes, you take three days to warm up for sex? No, no, to be flexible, you know, has to get to the point where I'm like, all right, let's just do it in the porthole. <laughs> we, we had, the, are the we first still night talking I was about too the window drunk. on the ship? Yes, yes, yes. We're talking about the window on the ship. I was just too drunk the first night. Um, I got accidentally hammered that night and, uh, that one, do you mostly stick to carnival or do you other cruise ships? Uh, I have been very fortunate in that when I started with carnival, uh, they basically fill up my schedule. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so this was on a, um, Royal Caribbean and they have the, they have um, a main deck. It's one thing I love about the Royal Caribbean is that you can get from one end to the other on the fifth floor, fifth deck, without walking through the casino. And that's one thing that I have you always... You about the Vista then, because you can do that on the Vista. Yeah. The Vista and the Horizon. They finally stopped making it so that you had to go through the casino, because that's the place where everybody can smoke. So you're yeah. in your gown, and you're going from one end to the other, and you come out the other side, and you smell like you've just been in a nasty tavern. I always hate when my gown smells like smoke as well. I bet. You probably look better in your gown than I do. So in this one, they have it set up. And on one side of their ship, they have an ice skating rink. Mm -hmm. And the rink goes for three decks. And I was on this. And so it's the second, third, 
fourth, maybe fifth. It might be four decks, but it takes up a lot of space. And there's rooms on the other side of that area. So there's only one elevator system that you can get to. You have to go all the way forward and then go down. You can't start at one end of the ship and just walk down any hallway. Mm -hmm. So I had uh, started out in one of their little taverns and I was drinking Boston iced teas, which is the same as Long Island iced teas, but with one alcohol swapped out. And I wasn't paying attention. And before I knew it, I was smashed. Mm -hmm. And it was time for me to go back to the room and get ready. And I could not find my room. <laughs> I circled and circled and circled. And then I started crying because I was lost on a cruise ship. Jeez. And I found an employee and I'm like, I cannot find my room. And they're like, oh, you just care. I'm like, I tried. I made them walk me all the way to my room. Yeah, there's a, find it. that happens way more than you would think. It was so, and I, I've never been that plastered again. It was you forget when you're drinking Long Island iced teas or Boston iced teas that it's not iced tea <laughs> and it's, you don't uh, feel it till you stand up. <laughs> well, I, I, for me, it's anything with vodka in it is a, uh, is a slow build. There's no, Hey, I'm in a happy place. This is good. It's, Oh man, this is it. And then boom. Wow. Done. Actually, that's how I am with fireball. So I stopped drinking fireball. Ooh, gross. How can you, <laughs> Drink fireballs, but not have a penis in your mouth. See, that to me makes no sense. Because fireball, I would mix with like angry orchards. <laughs> so mix a penis with angry orchard. There's a way to do everything. It. I'll just dip it in and lick it off. It'll be fine. Dip it in? He's going to hurt his back. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, but maybe if he, it's fine. I swear sometimes he tries to get me drunk because he knows that's the only time I'm going to do it. <laughs> Oh, see, I am, I am very fortunate. Uh, my, 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 my wife is my second wife. So we had an, an agreement and an understanding going in about communication. And, and uh, I remember uh, back before I did comedy, we had a busy, busy time where we both had new jobs. And I remember saying for the last six months, every time we have sex, I'm the one who starts it. And she goes, okay, noted. Next day, come home from work. She's like, take off your pants. I'm sucking your dick. And it was like, you got to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 my ex-wife, you know when you're too young to understand that you, sh how on it, you're too embarrassed about stuff, but you need to talk because you got to like the same things. You, um, what was it? Uh, friends of ours bought a game or a book that they did together to spice up their sex life. And uh, for them, it worked out. Uh, you know, he, uh, he had a hidden secret fantasy that she happened to be okay with. And we, none of us are okay with it. It's gross. <laughs> uh, but they got hammered and uh, told us about it at a party. And now all I can picture is him peeing on her. Um, uh. Yeah, I can't, that, <laughs> I can't even hug her anymore. <laughs> When's the last time you had a shower? Not a golden one. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I Yeah, well. No, no, I, I, I mean, say, as long as you're a, both okay with it. Exactly. That's, because I remember being 19 in the army, and I was dating a girl, and she said she liked that. I'm like, okay, then. Goodbye. She's like, well, no, no, I don't want to pee. I don't want to do either. Right. <laughs> and, and I don't want to be with you knowing that you want me to pee on you. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, my, I guess my question was, because I remember her, it, there's certain things you remember in life, and that was a shocking one. Her name was Rebecca. And we were in a bar, and we had gone out a couple times, and, and then she said she can't have an orgasm unless I'm in. How do you figure that out? Yeah. How do you figure that out? I don't know. That's you're, Yeah, that, that's one to ask at your next sex talk. Who likes to be peed on? Yeah, I would have to do that one like as a private one because I bet there's not too many people that would be like, man, I'd like to be peed on. I bet, you know what? I bet there's more than we think. Oh, for sure. There, there absolutely is. Uh, one of the podcasts I was on a couple weeks ago, he asked me, what was the thing that I was most surprised about when I started doing the parties? Because I, I learned from so many people all in one fell swoop. And for three months, I was walking around going, oh my God, everybody is a freak. <laughs> and now I've been exposed to so much that things rarely shock me. But the thing that I was most surprised about was how many people are swingers. Mm. And, and, and I tell people, how many people you know are swingers that you don't know are swingers? That was the thing that most surprised me. Because we, always, we all know swingers exist, but we all think we don't know one. Yeah, you do. But yeah, you do. <laughs> like they're everywhere. Yeah. And again, if you're a, a, adults and you are, you know, of legal age and, and you're safe. both into it and safe, uh, it, uh, none of my business. Do whatever you want to do. It's cool. One of the things that I love about the stand-up comedy sex ed show that I do is that I'm providing everything from soup to nuts in terms of education. I talk about. Uh, everything from the oral favors on both ends. I talk about all types of toys. I talk about anal play and I put it in such a way that it's, it's funny. So everybody is laughing, but it gives people a jumping off point or a conversation point that they can have with their partner because it would be awkward to just, you know, come out of the blue and say, Hey, I'm interested in butt sex. And your other person's like, Whoa, where's this coming from? Well, if you just come from one of my shows, you say, what do you think about what she said about that? that thing and then they're having a conversation so it really does open people up to being able to have a talk about things which i think is probably the best reason for me to keep doing them because that's the feedback that i'm getting from people afterwards like oh we talked about that and you know i wouldn't say come to a show like this on your first date <laughs> oh man i love first dates at a comedy show that's the best place <laughs> for first dates to go if well yeah but at not at a sex thing, toy comedy show <laughs> You know, but I did have a girl bring uh, a guy that she had met, I think on uh, Tinder or something, and they had talked a little bit and they came to the show uh, as their first date. And afterwards she told me, she goes, it was great because we got to find out a lot about each other right up front. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I think in this day and age, there's a certain elegance and finesse to dating, I assume. I mean, we've been together for 20 some odd years, but nowadays you have the power with online you could just find out all the stuff you need to know let's 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 see how compatible we actually are exactly oh uh, you like fox news not gonna date you now <laughs> i uh a friend of mine a british comic uh was in was actually telling me that um they're not allowed to be called news in in england anymore oh, all right you have to have a certain level of accuracy and truth to be licensed as a news channel oh, so well, it's fox who, entertainment out there who qualifies then <laughs> uh, apparently they have a system 
it's yeah but it's still a a system of whatever one you think is true versus the other ones because but that's not that's not the case there's not a there's not a there's there's fact and then there's fiction and and how people spin those facts well that's that's, probably an entirely other podcast well there's a lot of that on on both sides and you got to read past the headlines is the biggest problem is people are reading the headlines and then you find out the facts at the very bottom of the article and it's not really what the headline says it's been really bad lately they need to be shot yeah. Well, remember back in the in the day when you had to pre- pre- present both sides of the argument and you had to just say the facts instead of spinning everything. Now it's nothing but spin, 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 spin. spin. Well, it's, it, 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 that that stems from going to a twenty four hour news cycle. I'm I'm not. Yeah. I'm forty eight, but I remember the six o'clock and eleven o'clock news. That was yeah. it. That's all you had. I, I'm fifty one, and I remember when the TV turned off at midnight and they just played music until six in the morning. (laughs) Or they had the, um, they would play the national anthem. Yeah. And then it would go. Yeah. Yeah. That's how old we are. How how horrible to be an insomniac back then. You would have had to read. Yeah. You would have learned stuff. Probably was better. Or since I can't believe how many people don't read. Like reading is my default. Mm-hmm. And the number of people like, oh, I don't read. I'm like, how do you not read? We have a checklist of things to do during our day on the whiteboard, and reading is one of them. What are you reading? Ah, I did a three day water fast twice last year, and it was yeah. really, really helpful. I can only do it when nobody's home. A lot, <laughs> like, a lot comes out. That you didn't think you're like, why am I still pooping in day three? I, you know, I find as funny as after the first day, there's nothing, and then as soon as I eat something for the first time on day three, then it all comes out. It's like my body's like, I'm gonna hold this. Oh, next, if you're if you're not getting any on the first couple, you need to drink more water. No, the first couple, like the first day and a half, and then it stops completely. And then on the, I did an 82 hour water fast and a 62 hour water fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there was a lot, but I've got to be home alone. My husband is uh, military, so he's gone sometimes for the entire weekend. So I'll do it during those and I'll drink nothing but water and sometimes salted water, like broth. I'll make my own. I'll just take water and sprinkle some salt into it. <laughs> Actually, no, that's perfect. I, I found, cause I would do a three day fast once a month and I, I find I'd get like a metallic taste. And so adding sea salt to my morning water. Yeah was that was what fixed that yep so that was i'm reading the outlander series right now i just don't want to read anything that's helpful or business related or <laughs> i get that i went the opposite i i stopped all the uh the fiction stuff i just um it's all about learning uh keep my every, we have too many people in our family with uh alzheimer's so fasting oh. fasting helps does it with that and um well they say uh because uh, alzheimer's is a built-up of protein in the brain right oh i didn't know that so if you can get your body into autophagy you can recycle what it's not using is that how you say that word that's autophagy. helpful that's yeah. helpful because i always call it autophagy and i don't say it <laughs> i just yeah, say it in my autophagy. head and i never yeah. say it out loud autophagy. yeah the, the the uh 2016 nobel prize in was it chemistry or he, a Chinese, uh, 
a Chinese um, biologist wrote about it. Um, cool. Yeah, it's fascinating. Once you, once you, uh, I, I would never think about fasting, but then uh, Terry Crews, you know who Terry Crews yeah, is? Yeah, I do. Hugh, the guy with the bouncing yep. uh, pets. And Hugh Jackman. Both those guys do intermittent fasting to prepare for their roles. Well, Terry does it all the time. He eats between 2 p.m. and 10 p.m. And then he doesn't eat the rest of the day. So he's on a 14-hour fast. I'll do one meal a day. Um, I, I, I've been lately doing uh, alternate day fasting. Oh, yeah. I try that. I'm not doing... On. I'm not hours. doing anything right now. Right now, it's it's like my body's in survival mode, and it just it wants to eat. And you could tell because you know my headshot and my actual looking at me are not the same anymore. <laughs> but I had I had fasted for three days before that photo before my headshot was taken too because I was like I need to deflate, and I'll do it again. But I, I like I cannot do it when the family is home. I don't know why I speak, you know, if I can smell food, I want food. So, um, I do it on a cruise ship. Do you really? Mm -hmm. I love to eat keto on a cruise ship. I once went, um, I was on a vacation for three weeks and it was because I had two trips that I had earned from my company and then we already had a family trip scheduled. So I went on a three day cruise and then I went on a seven day trip to Jamaica and then I met my family up in Orlando, and we spent five days in Orlando, three days in Miami, seven days on the horizon. And then we got off the horizon and we went to uh, Key West for three days, and then we flew home. And I stayed keto the entire time, and I actually lost a half a pound while on vacation. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. Because on a cruise ship, you can pick exactly what you want to eat, and you don't have to make it. Yep. Makes it so much easier. Yeah. I love Key West, though. We had a good time. And it was just two or three weeks. It was only a couple weeks or a couple months right before that hurricane uh, ripped the paint off of the buoy. But we had a good time. That was a, that was a good trip. Two cruises in one three-week period. Boy, I felt like a little badass. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've met people who back to back to back to back to back. And like, holy That's my fantasy someday is to do a back to back. I really like people. And I know like uh, my daughter, uh, we had read an article about uh, an elderly lady who uh, retired and she was living on a cruise ship. Mm -hmm. And my first thought was, oh my God, 3,000 new people for me to meet, meet every single week? That sounds amazing. <laughs> and wow. at the same time, my daughter said, oh my God, 3,000 new people? That sounds like torture. And I was like, that is how different we are. I'm like, new people! <laughs> so obviously this uh, quarantine is killing me. <clears throat> so Jason, how can people find you? Uh, they can find me online. Uh, JasonBlanchard.com is my website, which links to everything that I do on social media. Um, it's an interesting time. I refuse to go live on Facebook. I forgot to do this. I like to do a weird sex question of the week. Um, and so for you, this, and I get these from um, a deck called Things They Don't Teach You in School. So okay. when my husband and I, we like to go to wineries and uh, we bring our 
trivia questions to ask each other so that we can just get drunk and answer trivia questions. And then usually other people want to play with us. And by the time we're done, we're all you just swingers. Gotcha. <laughs> no, <laughs> you think they would never let me be a swinger if I don't get blowjobs. <laughs> Not a second That's my time. Safety. That's my safety valve. <laughs> all right. So um, what is the most common day of the week to have sex? Hmm. Interesting. I would say one ending in D-A-Y. Oh, it's smart ass. What a comedian way to answer. Um, the answer is Sunday. Oh, okay. I thought was interesting because I would think, you know, people want to keep the Sabbath holy, but... They want to keep it extra holy. Yeah. I used to tell people Sundays are the best day to party because after church, there's nothing left to do but laundry and start sinning again. So you might as well just come to a party. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean... It would be, I guess, yeah, you relaxed. You finally decompressed from the weekend uh, of your week at work. Although I think that's sad if it's only one day. No, no, that's just the most common day. So you oh, probably okay. have it other days. I'm just wondering if it's morning, afternoon, or evening. They mm -hmm. didn't answer that part. They just said the most common day. I'm a big fan of right after a shower. Mm. I don't have a preference. Actually, no, that's not true. I like afternoon sex. Yeah, but if it's like right after a shower then everything's good. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So we will find you online. People can find me on Instagram at standupcomedysexed. You can also go to my website, standupcomedysexed.com. And I've set up a Facebook group just for this podcast. So you can participate in polls, ask questions, politely share an alternate point of view, and generally generally let us know what you think of this episode. So you can search Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast and please subscribe to the podcast here and share it with your friends. Thank you, Jason, for spending some time with me. I appreciate it. And uh, stay safe up there in Canada. Thank you for having me. You stay safe as well. Thanks. Bye-bye.